Now, I'm no great sports enthusiast, right? But the one sport I do actually quite enjoy watching and playing behind closed doors, mind you, is cricket. And on a recent visit to the Kowloon Cricket Club, I was introduced to my next guest, Maheen Heather. Maheen comes from a cricketing family and she's pretty much grown up with a cricket bat in her hands. So it's not a surprise to hear that her love for cricket from the age of seven has now led her to professional cricket league and she's only 21. I'm delighted to welcome her to the studio this afternoon and I'm really excited to find out more about her life. Good afternoon to you, Mahin. Good afternoon. Well, I must admit, you know, I just, I literally sort of bumped into you. We just happened to have um, a meeting and then you Mm -hmm. were in the lunch as well. Um, It was great to hear about you and, you know, your background. Let me just start, you know, by saying, when did cricket come into your life? When were you aware of it? That's probably the trickiest question you could ask me because it's always been a part of my life. My dad played, he played in Hong Kong at a national level, played in Australia, played in Pakistan. So he also grew up with cricket. So I was pretty much from what I can remember as as early as like two or three, I remember being at KCC in the children's playroom and watching my dad play cricket. So it was always a part of my life, yeah. Wow. And this is not just you. Okay, your dad plays cricket Mm -hmm. and you have siblings and how old are your siblings? Okay, this is, um, they're 19, 15, oh no, 16, mm-hmm. and 10. Okay, and these are boys, right? Uh, two girls, one boy. Okay, and and they're all involved in cricket? Everyone's involved in cricket, yeah. My goodness. So over the dinner table, you talk cricket, yeah? Actually, over the dinner table is a time where we don't talk about cricket. <laughs> okay. We try, um, we try not to not to talk about it too much but when there's a cricket match everyone is in the, the same sort of space and that's the only time I think we really connect to each other is when we're talking wow. about cricket or playing cricket I think when we play cricket that's when we kind of see the best and worst of each other oh that's interesting so so your family plays cricket mm-hmm. you've just been surrounded by it since you were very young and now what kind of was it a kind of natural progression for you to say you know give up the doll did you play with dolls at all not really, no. Okay, no. Well, you just stuck with the cricket bats and the balls. Cricket bats, right? cricket balls, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, was I suppose it was just a natural thing for you then to move into playing in, in, in teams or mm-hmm. groups or leagues or whatever. How did it start? How did it go? Right, so I joined the junior program at KCC when I was around seven-ish, and they have a fairly co- coherent structure you can move through. So I did the under-11s, and then right from there I moved into the women's team at KCC. So I was around 11 or 12 playing with very good players actually at the time. We had a lot of national players and a lot of ex-national players. And so it was a very competitive environment for a while. And what was the age of these players? They're all old. I was going to say, because you said you were 11. So were you kind of surrounded by like 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds and you here you are? It was more like, um, yeah, 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds, but also I think the age range was like 20 to 40. Wow. So fairly senior players. There was one other girl at the time who was my age, which was sort of my saving grace. I had a partner there. But yeah, very competitive, very good at being mentors to me, I think. Without, mm. with their sort of leadership, I was able to move fast. Because, you know, cricket people, they're not, they're not kind in the traditional sense. They'll, like, if you fall down, they'll be like, all right, get up now. And then, <laughs> so that really made me, I think, a bit more tough being able to, being forced to, I guess, work with them and train with them. Yeah. 
God, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that you're surrounded by really, at that age, you were really surrounded by adults, like, you mm -hmm. know, and you're playing with them. They didn't push you around or anything like that. No, they? not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> but I was always surrounded by adults with uh, cricket because I was also scoring at the time. So I would really go, I would go to all the men's matches. And that's where I think I really learned about cricket was mm -hmm. watching them and also hearing how they spoke about it, mm -hmm. I think was one of the formative experiences for me when it comes to really learning about cricket from the perspective of a thinker as opposed mm -hmm. to just a player. Because mm -hmm. yeah. there's a lot more to it. It's a whole strategy. I mean, mm -hmm. like, it's like that with any game, isn't it? That you can watch it and you can see people kicking a ball or hitting a bat or whatever, but, but there is a real strategy behind it, isn't it? A hundred percent, yeah. And it's also, strategy is also one of those tricky things where you... Um, can you have to employ it at different levels especially you know i would watch the men's games i'm like if i were playing in a women's game i'd do this i'd do this but then you play a women's game and it's a different format you have different players and instead of being like a chess game it's more like a tug of war mm -hmm. and you kind of just have to adapt and learn but knowing so much really helped me to then be like okay what can i use and what do i not need to use mm. now you just mentioned the fact that you know as a woman mm -hmm. you did this was that now because you came from a family where cricketing was uh, you know was part of your family so nobody really kind of raised an eyebrow on that mm -hmm. you know your dad must have been absolutely happy about it mm -hmm. but you know it's not easy for a, a young lady to say oh well I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go and play cricket. Mm. So, you know, what did you get? Did you get things from other people saying things to you and family? How was it? Yeah, I did get, as I grow up, I get it more. I think, weirdly enough, the better I become, the more I get the question of what's it like to be a woman playing cricket? And it's always the gender embedded into the mm. sport itself. Mm. Like, I can't detract my gender from my experience of cricket. And as I meet more players, because I came from a fairly privileged position, I was in a club environment with a coaching structure and a program that I could go through. But a lot of girls have to kind of scrape through half half formulated programs and have like one or two coaches that can come maybe once a week and mm -hmm. then they train them for maybe an hour. So then when I talk to those players, I definitely see, oh, there's been this whole cultural and um, sociological um, difference that they've experienced that I've just never been exposed to. Mm. But then when you play with them, especially in the national team, you've got a lot of players who are really skilled, but they've been able they haven't been able to get the same amount of resources I have when you play with them and you talk to them you're like wow this is a really diverse community not only in terms of race but also class and um, background and culture culture is the big thing right mm -hmm. and are there a lot of girls and you know you're surround, you're, you mm -hmm. are playing cricket are there a lot of girls who are interested and in still waiting in the line to get in and, and be in that those teams yeah, I, I definitely think there are girls who are trying to figure out what pipeline to go down mm -hmm. because it's also um, what club you're in can help you in terms of whether you want to go into the national team or whether you're doing it recreationally, but the pathways to get into those clubs can also be somewhat limited. So I think a lot of girls, maybe once they know more about the game, once they've played, they're like, oh, maybe this wasn't the right way to do it. And then you, I do get people asking me, what do you think I should do? And then I'm like, well... I give them the best opinion I can, mm -hmm. but I'm fairly sheltered in that regard, mm -hmm. I think. And do you think um, there is still very much a sort of stereotypical attitude towards this? I mean, when you suddenly mention, say, you know, women's football teams and stuff, mm -hmm. men might kind of go, oh, it's women's football, it's not real football. Mm -hmm. um, so did you get those condescending kind of remarks of sort of from men where they don't take it seriously because women are playing? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, not a lot. I will say cricket's fairly self-contained in Hong Kong because it's not a sport people grow up with. So even when they hear that I play cricket, some people will just be like, oh, okay. And then they have no knowledge of the sport. Mm. So they don't mm. 
automatically perceive it as a gendered sport where it's for men, which I, I sort of get lucky with. But um, especially sometimes I've, I've had experiences in the community where certain players will say that to me, a lot of male players, but I've never seen it as particularly malicious. I don't think I've gotten the, the more malicious side of it just because I don't think people approach me as much. Yeah, mm. yeah I suppose it's just the more awareness there is of these existing teams. Mm -hmm. and, and I think enthusiasts, regardless of which gender they're looking at, people who enjoy cricket or football or whatever mm -hmm. would enjoy it regardless. hundred percent. Yeah, so, exactly. And that's what, and I think certainly in schools and stuff, it should be encouraged for all genders to mm. go into these games. You shouldn't Absolutely. be able to signpost them and say, no, this is for girls and this is for mm -hmm. boys. And mm. sometimes even playing with the boys makes you a better player. And I think the boys can also sometimes learn from us in different ways. Mm. I don't think it's, it's a matter of having to separate people at every level. So mm. what do you feel as a woman that, you know, as a female team, the, the differences, say, between a female team and a men's team, what kind of things would you be learning and what do you mm -hmm. think that you can do that they can't pass possibly? Mm -hmm. So I think, firstly, the, the skills level is obviously the big thing where mm -hmm. the men are obviously more skilled than us because um, I guess, firstly, it's a matter of like resources and structure. They get more access to the grounds and their uh, trainings are more regular. They have a better coaching staff generally. Um, mm -hmm. I will say our coaches are pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. But mm -hmm. um, but I do think, you know, when whenever the girls go to their matches and we sort of watch them play, we're always like, wow, this is a, a different level. And then we watch international matches with women. And we're like, oh, this is another level beyond that. So we're always learning from them in terms of the standard that we set ourselves or mm -hmm. at least a lot of the other girls. I don't set my standard according to the guys. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think what they can learn from us um I suppose it's the environment that we have. I think that our our girls teams have a lot more diversity in mm -hmm. the, in terms of race and background. And when you look at the way we come up with solutions and the way we interact with each other, I think there's a real solidarity there mm -hmm. because so many of the girls have struggled to get to the position they are. They have played for a long time. And so you have just this rich richness and breadth to the experiences. And that can be worthwhile. I think just also the human connection that we can have between teams can sort of foster uh, an environment where we really grow and interact with each other. It's a competitive area and like sport in any area mm -hmm. is, is competitive. I mean, there isn't that sort of underlying sort of competition and bitchiness or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. nastiness that goes on. I mean, is cricket reasonably okay, would you say, generally? I think a little nastiness is good for cricket, you know, mm -hmm. it's a part of the game, but we don't we don't get too much. Not too much. I think okay. it's a fairly good game. Uh, all the girls, you know, stay behind after the matches and support each other and chat to each other. So it's a good environment, I think. Brilliant. Now, you were really, you've been brought up here in Hong Kong. You were yes. born and in Hong Kong and you've been brought up here. Um, for you, you know, you, obviously cricket has played a huge part in your life. How have you balanced all of this with um, your school? <laughs> I mean, you know, because you may be playing cricket for the school as well, but, mm. you know, this must take, this must have taken a reasonable amount of your time every week um, yeah. you know, with training and things mm -hmm. like that. I think cricket actually rounded me out a little bit more especially mm -hmm. with the environment that we grow up in in Hong Kong when it comes to the schooling is always very competitive. It's always very grades driven. And I, I never felt drawn to that because I had cricket to really round me out. I knew that there were priorities that existed outside of school. I was talking to people who were older than me, who'd gone through the system, who would, you know, share their wisdom and also, you know, give a, give some unhelpful suggestions and, mm -hmm. and guide me through it a little bit. But um, 
I think with any hobby you have in your life, it sort of acts as a microcosm of life. So in cricket, I kind of would go through failures, I would become better, and then I would get worse, and then I'd become better again. So you go through that cycle again and again, and it just makes you mature a little bit. And I always felt, even if it may not have been true, I always felt a little bit mature when it came to balancing things because I was like, well, I... Because you were able to... Yeah. Because I suppose you're picking up skills all mm -hmm. the time. As you're playing, you're picking up skills, you're making decisions. Yeah. And these can be applicable in other areas as well. Yeah, the people skills, leadership skills. Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and you obviously now... How was the transition? Because you became a captain as well. Yeah. So now tell me, so where are you now? Where, how, how have you worked along this kind of cricket line? And mm -hmm. where are you now? Because you, you did become captain. So that's impressive. Yeah. So um, from the age of like 12 to 16, 17, I was playing in the the Division 1. Well, we now have divisions. So it's the Division 1 team in KCC. And, uh, and when I turned around 18, I think, around the time I, I turned 18, I became captain of the team. And I think the seniors were kind of approaching it as a, you know, you've learned from us, you've you've gone through the system, you're at a point where you're stable with your cricket. This is your time to really do the things you think about when you're in the field and what mm -hmm. changes you want to make. And so I approached it very much like that, but it was a real learning curve because I think it's very different to have a teammate who you've seen grown mm. and then you have to now listen to her yeah. and if she says the wrong thing you kind of have to let her and she's quite young through. probably you were yeah. probably quite young at that stage still she? fairly young yeah, yeah it was only uh three years ago but it, i'm like a whole different person mm. now you know mm. and i i think i learned a lot though because it was that balance between you know you don't know what you don't know so you have to be receptive to others but you also have to trust whatever feeling of confidence you have in your own ability to lead so um, i've left the captaincy after my two years and then um the current captain uh got pregnant so then i'm back in the okay. saddle now yeah okay so what are your ambitions now i mean mm -hmm. with with regard to cricket what do you want what would you like to do like say five years time where would you like to be yeah so i as towards the end of my university degree i had like a real solid think about it because i've been playing the sport for a long time and then i was like well i don't feel like i have a lot to show for it like i don't feel like i've pushed myself as far as i can push myself considering how much i love the sport and how how much of a part it plays in my life and so then i was like well i want to be first in the national team and i want to be um, representing the country and also feeling like I'm representing the country well, not just participating as a player in the 11, but also dominating and showing a real, a, basically showing all the skill I have. And so my goal, I think, with the next 10 years in cricket is just to keep growing. Actually, you, last time we met, you you said that life is all about reinventing yourself, yes. right? And yes. I think cricket's very good for that because you're always growing. You're either becoming better or you're getting worse. You become a senior at one point and then you have to look at the others and see how you're going to mentor them. So I think my journey is really going to be about reinventing myself as mm -hmm. I go. And as long as I feel like I have something I want to learn mm -hmm. and there's something there for and me. And there's that always I, something you can yeah, learn. Yeah, there's right? always something you can learn. And as long as I'm still sort of able to take the hits as they come, I feel like I'm going to continue playing cricket. And is it something that you would like to do by uh, raising awareness, say, with other girls to mm -hmm. be able to say, listen, there's a great thing out there. Do you want to go and try it type thing? A hundred percent. I mean, I've everywhere I've gone, I've tried to get girls to play cricket because I think it's such a good game. And it's very, it's very good for people who may not feel like they have a sport in their life, who mm -hmm. feel they're connected to even athletics. It's good fun. I mean, it's I, very good fun. Yeah, yeah you, you get to smack things. You, 
Tell me what you enjoy most about it when you're out in the field. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, when I watch cricket, I always think, you know, I get a bit tense, obviously, depending on who I'm supporting. And obviously, mm-hmm. if somebody's batting, you just keep thinking, come slog it, but don't get out. <laughs> you know, so when you're in there, what is the best, best bit for you? Do you like bowling? Do you like, uh, you know, batting? What are you? I'm a bowler. Uh, I, I'd call myself a fast bowler, not okay. not so fast, fast bowler. Okay. Um, okay. I think the thing I like the most about it is the aggression and the really tight moments. I feel uh-huh. like those are the moments which I always remember the last later four, on. The last two overs. Yeah, of the match. yeah. And then I and then I'm always trying to get myself to bowl in those in those moments because I'm like, yeah, I want to be in the fray. I want to be in the thick of it. So mm-hmm. I really enjoy. I think the competitive competitiveness of it, and also there's a real pleasure in seeing people who've gone through a hard time have a good day out. Yeah, because there's with whether it's with my sister or whether it's with a player that I've mentored or, or or just seen grow it's always like a great moment where you're like wow i've been a part of this person's journey it too. is teamwork and it is i think about building and developing yourself isn't it exactly so now we put the cricket bat and the gloves aside and <laughs> when you're not um playing cricket what is it that you do well, I, every summer I, I do work, you know this, I work with a sensational foundation which helps people with disabilities and I've just not been able to leave sensational because of the amazing work they do and how much I've learned from it and really grown from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you see yourself continuing, you know, with NGOs and perhaps people with special needs and mm-hmm. stuff? Is that something that you want to pursue? I think I always want to be in a position, it, actually sensational helped me realize this, I always want to be in a position where I'm actively contributing to the betterment of society. And that's a little bit, you know, cliche and cheesy, but when you're doing the work and you're seeing how that affects people's life in real time, it really just, it sells you, I think. It makes you feel like, okay, this is what humanity is about. This is what collaboration is about. And I've felt so fulfilled by it. I think more fulfilled than anything I've ever done, including cricket, the work that I do with Sensational and, and the people's lives that we touch. Mm-hmm. So I've, I wanna be in a position, I think the next few years are just gonna be me equipping myself with the skills to do as much good as I can because I do think you need a fair amount of skills yeah Mm. and how about your family members the one who are playing cricket with you like your siblings Mm -hmm. are they also in the mind of sort of pursuing it as a career or is it something that is just purely a pastime well our father never put any pressure on us I think the assumption was that he should put pressure on us to to reach the national team fairly quickly but he was always like you have to come to terms with cricket on your on your own and I want you to really pursue it to the extent that you want to pursue it not because there's an expectation or because Mm. you think you should be doing something and I think a lot of my siblings are therefore quite lax about how they want to see it grow I think my sisters definitely also want to be in the national team. It's like one of those tick the bucket list off. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in the national team. I've reached that level. And now I can do whatever I want. And now I can do whatever <laughs> I want. You know, it's the credits are failed. Um, yeah. But they're they're currently not in, incredibly intense about it. I think right now I'm the one who's really gunning for it and, and training regularly to try and get mm-hmm. in. But I, I do think there's like an attitude of like cricket's always going to be a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long it takes us to get to where we want. We're just going to keep playing and enjoying it. And that's most the most important thing, right? And Yeah, absolutely. And you've probably gone through quite a difficult time lately with the pandemic where yeah. everything just is, is at a standstill. You can't play. And, you know, were you doing a reasonable amount of traveling around to other places to 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 do matches and things like that? I really wanted to. We actually had so many opportunities in the last two years with the fair break and with the cup that we had in the qualifiers and we also have the Asian Cup coming up. 
and I was just not able to because of university and I had to put that first and it, it, it sucks but I, I do think we still had a fair amount of training going on behind the but scenes. But there's still potential. Yeah, yep. and the Premier that. League as well has been incredible in terms of really getting us to to force ourselves to reach a higher level of playing and to really um, move cricket forward a little bit more. And is there a lot of training like for somebody who might be listening now and thinking mm. Mm, you know I've always fancied cricket like what kind of amount of training and expertise do you need do you, I mean, are you born like are you born to be a good cricketer or something like this? You should have certain skills, like you know, if you're going to be bowling, if you're going to be batting, whatever. So, what would you say are the primary skills that you need? Um, firstly, I think absolutely not. You don't need anything to come in, you know, because there are different divisions you can play in. So, if anyone is curious, I think my message to them would be, go for it. If you have even a hint of an impulse to play cricket. Uh, approach me or approach a club there Cantonese speaking clubs as well just try it and I think the skills that you need will come with time do you speak Cantonese a little bit not okay. too great okay so don't you... come for me for Cantonese <laughs> <laughs> just for cricket just for cricket <laughs> okay so so the advice is really just try it out and see how it goes and, yeah and I think you know it can just be a pastime I think it's nice to yeah. have some sort of sport that you enjoy and you know you can actually do as a, and with a team mm -hmm. of people, and there's a lot to be gained from that. Um, Mahin, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank and you talking for having to me. me. It's been lovely talking to you, and uh, I know that you know your sister is listening in. She knows she's going to be here, and, and you promised that you were going to do a little hello she dared to her. Me, yeah. So yeah. I'm going to allow you to do that. Go ahead. Shouts out to Rita, uh, my little starling, and Stacy's mom. <laughs> there you go. So if you're all listening, um, Mahin has been great and she's been talking about you just off air, but I won't say anything about that. Okay, I've got, I did look for something appropriate for you. I've got Emma Bunton here and Cricket Sing for Anna Maria. Love it. And I've also got Inner Circle and Games People Play. So Mahin, thank you very much again. And we're going to go over to the two o'clock news after these tracks. Thanks thank you. a lot.